Abba Yahweh, thank you, Father God, for yet another day, an opportunity to be your conduit, to share your word, your truth and light, Father God, that through this, that I could be a blessing to others. And in blessing them, Father God, that I too am blessed that you allow me to do this thing. This thing for you to be about your business, Father God. The opportunity to again go into your treasury and to share your treasure with others. For they that have an ear to let them hear and remove the scales from their eyes to look around, Father God. Oh, Yahweh, Amen. Yeshua, Amen. Baraklitas, Amen. So, brothers and sisters, Thanksgiving, a mammon decided a holiday. And it's got to be a special day. Well, now it's used as an excuse by so many businesses alike to take extra time off from work, to expand a, a weekend into a long weekend, and to do little again. But so many reserve Thanksgiving for this day. This is the special day of Thanksgiving, so we're going to save up everything to be thankful of, and we'll do it on one day. And yet, the Bible says that we should be thankful always. Thank God in all things, no matter what the circumstances are, that God has taken us into a blessing and some people say, well, it's not a very good happening. And, you know, I'm not really happy about what's happening. Well, that doesn't sound very thankful. That sounds like whining, wanking, and griping about some situation that you're not in control of. But here's the thing. Be thankful that God is with us always, wherever we go. He promises that throughout the Bible. He starts back when he first tells the nation and he reminds them continually. Then in Joshua 1 9, one of the most remembered. Have I not commanded thee to be of good courage? Be not afraid nor dismayed. And then you go into the book of Isaiah, one of the prophets of God, and he reminds us yet again that God is with us wherever we go and not to be afraid, be of good courage. And Paul reminds us, and then reminds us too about the armor of God. Reminds us too that we are in a spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters, whether you like it or you don't like it, we're in a spiritual warfare. And if you decide to close your eyes and plug your ears, all well and good, but you're still in the middle of a spiritual warfare, whether you decide to ignore it or not, whether you decide not to recognize that the enemy is real or not, whether you think that it's giving praise to the devil and recognizing the fact that he is alive and is real and is after us or not, that does not matter. It's happening. You must identify the enemy and then proclaim the victory. 
And how is that proclamation of victory done? By thanking God that he is with us whithersoever we go, wherever we go, in the middle of the fray. I, <laughs> there's a young woman, she's got a very, very distinct and, and wonderful voice, and I love the song that she sings, Rescue. Very simple title, one word, Rescue. Through the song, she reminds us that God has promised, and he does in his word, that he promises that he will come. He will come in the darkness and bring his light because that's the God I'm thankful for. He will come in the middle of what we think is the hardest and deepest fight to rescue. That's the God I'm thankful for. No matter what the situation, we must remember to be thankful for God and his mighty hand. We must remember to be thankful for that. And when we are weak, he is strong. And that, brothers and sisters, we have to just hold on to and remember Through his strength, we are carried. And his strength is all that we need. It doesn't matter. We have to also be thankful that whatever turn in the road, whether it takes us into a greater situation than one we've been in or one that's not so great, that the detour in the road is indeed the road. And be thankful that God walks beside us each and every step we take. And when we look back and we only see one set of footprints in the sand, the soil, that's because as you're looking over his shoulder while he's carrying you, you are in his mighty arms and that one set of footprints is only his. There's a lithograph that was made years ago called Footprints in the Sand. And as it goes, then the the person is griping because there's only one foot of footprints. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Why did you leave me? Oh, my child, I didn't leave you. That's when I was carrying you. When you were so exasperated and you gave up and wanted to throw yourself down, I picked you up and I carried you. That's the God I'm thankful for. That's the God who promises to do that very thing throughout his word. His truth is that he will carry us. Now, in Romans 15 and 13, I'm going to share a few verses here. Now, the God of hope fill you with joy in peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. What does that translate? Abound in hope. Who is our hope? Jesus Christ is our hope. He is our anchor. He is our tie that binds. He is our shelter in the time of storm. So instead of whining and crying and wanking about the situation that you're in, Stand up boldly. 
reach your hand up because God's reaching down and going to hold on, get into the word and pray. Father, I know this is not a great situation. I don't know why, but you're trying to show me something. Thank you for being with me. Amen. Prayer to God does not have to be a great lengthy dissertation. Prayer is just a communication to our Father God. And when Paul says pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean that you have to be in a prayerful posture with your on your knees or with your face bowed to the ground or hands up. You, there are things that God knows in our physical plane of existence, this temporal plane that we're in, that we can't do that. He knows that. But remember that in the word of God, Paul explains about meditation, thinking on God all the time, focusing on God with our mind and our thought, and praying without ceasing. You don't even have to close your eyes, brothers and sisters. There are things that you do through the course of the day that you cannot close your eyes. But if you meditate and you say the words in your mind, God hears you. God hears you. Let me say it again. God hears you. Brothers and sisters, he does. He does. And all the prayers of the saints, incidentally, true believers, all those that truly believe are the saints. And the word is never used in a singular form. You won't find it anywhere in the Bible that it's used in a singular uh, form. It's never used. It's always plural. He saves the small golden vials, our prayers. They're a sweet savor to his nose, the aroma, the incense. He loves our prayers. So if you pray without ceasing, you're filling many of those golden vials for God. And he loves them. He saves them. Why would he do that if he didn't love us? Brothers and sisters, this is important for us to remember. We have to remember that through no matter what, it might be a very negative situation, but to be thankful that he's going through it with us because he's not going to let you go through it on your own. He's not. Keep in your mind, and if we're thankfully thanking God, and we have that on our minds, and we're not being disturbed by the things that are going on and things that are going around. It takes our attention to him instead of on whatever's happening. First epistle of Thessalonians that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. Chapter 1, verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, and in the sight of God, our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Paul and his brothers came to the church. They were having some issues, and Paul came, and they prayed, and they ministered, and they worshiped, and they uplifted them. And the church in Thessalonica 
became really pretty powerful in their dealings with the area. And you have to remember, we think that everything is so hard now. Oh, everything was easier in those days. Brothers and sisters, the churches that they that were being established were surrounded. I'll say it again, surrounded, which means all sides completely encircled by pagan rituals, idol worship, false deities. The Romans, oh my gosh, <laughs> back in the days, back in the days, they were, man, they practiced all sorts of craziness. And you had the Greeks, you had the Romans, and you had Syrians that were worshiping false deities. You had all these folks that had all these false gods going on around them. Remember, Jezebel even married into the nation of Israel and her, brought her false god and her pagan beliefs with her. This is when Elijah had to run for the cave. Brothers and sisters, the churches back in the day did not have it easier. It was harder to travel. It took days to go from something that now you can jump in a car or in, or a train or a bus and get from one place to the other and be there. In those days, you had to walk it. And sometimes it would take days for something that would take now a, no time at all. It would take literally days to make the journey. And you think that it was easier in those days? Those churches were surrounded and actually attacked for having faith and believing in God? Ridiculed, beleaguered, degraded. Uh, it definitely was not easier, brothers and sisters. And I'm going to share out of Paul's first letter to Thessalonica again. I'm going to start in verse 15. See that none rather evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. <clears throat> it's not about retribution and payback, brothers and sisters, that you are taking God's job of judgment away from him. Shame on you. It's not your decision whether to judge them, and you may be judging them falsely. It might be an appearance that they did something and then find out later that they had nothing to do with it, that it just seemed that way. False evidence appearing real makes a person fearful, and when they become fearful, then their reactions are wrong. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. 
What does that mean? That means that God promises he will. It may not be in our timing. It might not be in your timing, but that's how we have become. And this is what the prince of the air loves to do. The prince of the air, who is that? That's Satan. That's the enemy that we need to identify. And many refuse to do so. And many say, well, if you, if you talk about the devil, then that's just glorifying the devil. And that's giving him honor. And that's putting focus on him. No, that's identifying the enemy and then claiming the victory. So if you pretend that the enemy's not there, what, that makes him go away? Let's go to this militarily speaking, which we are in a spiritual warfare again. Let me remind you, brothers and sisters, spiritual warfare is real. Whether you choose to believe it or not, or whether you choose to identify the enemy or not, or whether you choose to pretend that he's non-existent. But what you don't realize is that by not identifying the enemy and refusing to pay heed to the word, and that you change it and say, oh, well, that's just glorifying, and that's just making him, and that's just pray, giving praise to him. But let me share this with you. When you refuse to identify him, and you refuse to take up action against him, prayer, faith, belief in God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, that's actually giving him glory. You're actually the one that's glorifying the enemy. You are the very one who is doing what you say we should not do. You're buying into his white noise interference. And one of his greatest things that he wants us to do is not realize that he's even around. Pretend he's not there. That doesn't make it so. Pretend. Pretense. Interesting how those two sound similar and are related. So, brothers and sisters, the enemy is real. But here's the thing. I am thankful that God is my sovereign Lord, Father, maker of all things made. Things may not happen according to when the enemy wants me to think it should because this is one of his great things. The prince of the air controls this little devices and the computers and things that we have. He manipulates them. And people have taken a high cliff dive right into this technology. They can't wait for the latest, greatest, newest thing. And it's come so fast. Remember I shared um that one of my pastor teachers, acquaintances shared rate of change. It's happening so fast. I used to be, <laughs> I, I quite honestly was, <clears throat> I had one of the Star Trek flip phones. And for you young people that don't know that, it was a TV show that was on a long time ago. Probably when you're at the age you are now. But a long time ago, and I had a flip phone. And it was like their communicator, if you remember on TV, or those of you that are old enough to remember, they had this little thing that used to hang on their belt, and they would flip their wrist, and it would open, and there you got the phone. Well, I had the same thing. And that thought process actually ran through my mind whenever I used it. <laughs> but then the new phone came out, the new phone came out, the new phone came out. Man, I had to keep up with technology. <clears throat> How stupid that was. 
quite honestly, really stupid because you'd be paying <laughs> more. Uh, it, it was very, very foolish. And now I, you know, I've gotten, I went to the update. I didn't have to jump right on it right away. I made some thoughtful processes going through my mind. I hadn't had this thing a year, not one year, and they were already pushing the release of the new version, the next one. And now it hasn't been a full year yet, and they're talking about jumping two steps. More powerful, no more. I mean, brothers and sisters, believe this or not, I heard, I had. Uh, seen this article that was uh, some years ago talking about that the cellular telephones that people carry around, each person carries around, and they even have children, small children that parents are buying their cell phones for. Oh my God, what is that about? They're not even old enough to pay their bill. They're not even old. And you're putting this technology in their hand that drives derision. Back to the point. They're saying that these things that each person carries in their hand is more powerful than the computer that sent the first moon mission to the moon. Each one of these computers is more powerful than that computer that they use to calculate all the data, put all the information together, and take our first crew to the moon. And every person carries it around in the palm of their hand. The prince of the air is driving derision, separation, separating families because uh, I watched a family group. They were out to dinner and there must have been a, a dozen or more people at the table. Every single person had a cell phone out and was sticking their nose in the phone instead of interpersonal relationship with one another all the way down to the smallest child. And when the toddler who was not quite big enough to sit on their own, was making a little bit of noise because they were getting bored. Guess what got stuck in his little hand? Oh, yeah, a cell phone. Really? I watched pedestrians without glancing at the traffic, without looking at the signal light, anything. They've got their face stuck in the screen, and they walk right out into the street. Walk against traffic. Drivers doing the same thing constantly. State of Texas, when are you going to wake up and start making it illegal? The people that drive around with these things in their face. <laughs> anyway, let's not go to that platform. But man, it is terrible. But let's think about this. This is a really powerful tool that's being used against us, brothers and sisters. It can be used for good. Because I'm using it in something that God is allowing to happen. Told me that I should do this. Allowing it to happen and making it happen. So it can be used for good. But when you allow it to take over and turn to darkness. Can be easily done. And separate. So the driving force behind this. Is that if you are separate from your family. If you're separate from anyone around you and you're not praying, you're not going to church, and you're not talking to God, and you're not using this as for scriptural learning, and you're being separated, and then 
in using this device, he draws you out and you lose your physical life. And you never took the opportunity to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. I want to have faith in God and I want to follow the teaching and leading of the Holy Spirit. But you've got your face planted in this screen. You walk out into traffic or you're driving down the road and you lose your physical life and you never had that opportunity to do that thing that you should be doing. Thanking Jesus for coming to sacrifice for you and you never took that opportunity. Not only do you die, but you perish. You die and you perish. And this is the drive that Satan, the enemy that must be identified and claimed victory over, is up to. This is exactly what he's up to. <clears throat> so for those of you that want to put on your rose-tinted glasses and pretend that the devil is not real and pretend that spiritual warfare is not taking place <clears throat> and you want to pretend that the enemy doesn't exist, let me say this as a military person, military-minded, and I had been there. When you pretend that the enemy isn't there and then the mortar shells start dropping in all around you, guess what? The enemy was there. Brothers and sisters, the enemy's real. The enemy is real. And it is happening. If it wasn't so, it wouldn't be in the Bible. So now what you're telling me is that, oh, I want to pretend that the devil's not real and that that's not all going on and I don't want to glorify him. So what you're saying is that now you don't believe what the Bible tells you, so you're going to pretend or you're going to ignore the word of God? Need to get in the mirror and re-examine your thought process here, brothers and sisters. If you're doing that very thing, then you need to re-examine because Jesus Christ identifies the enemy and warns us of the enemy that he is like the wolves. He's coming in to slaughter the flock. Why would Jesus Christ, the Lord, the only begotten Son of God, coming in, remind the disciples and tell us in the word that the enemy seeks to devour? Why would Peter tell us that the lion is out there thrashing around in the bush, seeking whom he may devour, causing confusion and disdain and worry? Why would they warn us of this if it wasn't there? So you don't want to know that he's there. You want to pretend that he's not, and you're falling right into his trap. Right into the trap. You're walking right in. Oh, I just don't want to see him there. It's not real. Yeah, it is, brothers and sisters, but here's the thing. Be thankful. Thankful. Why? Because, number one, Jesus Christ came for me and for anyone else that would hear the truth. Be thankful that the only begotten Son of God came to do that. Be thankful that Abba Yahweh, his Father, our Father, our Creator, Father, Maker of all things made, loves us so much that that took place. Be thankful that he promises that no matter where we go, what we're in, he will be with us. Be thankful that the Holy Spirit was sent as Jesus promised it would be, that when he returns home, that he will seek the Comforter to come in the Holy Spirit from his Father 
to guide us, to teach us, and when we have doubts, he will clarify and lead us. Brothers and sisters, I've shared this with you before. He has walked me out of churches that I should not be in because they were not truthful. I tried the Spirit, and I invite you again and again and again, try my Spirit. You're going to find out that I speak truth. I'm not making things up to make myself more glorified. That's not what this is about. This is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ who came for us. He came for me to sacrifice himself for me. He died for me. He bled for me. God had me sign a blank contract, a covenant with him, and the pen that he gave me to sign it with had the blood of my Jesus Christ in it. I am in covenant with my Lord, my God, as he is with me. I will be about my father's business, and he has promised to be with me in all things. I'm thankful for all of that. And not because it's a day that Mammon said, oh, let's have Thanksgiving, we kill this turkey or we eat ham, or then you have the vegetarians who don't want to have any meat, so they're going to eat a chopped up thing of vegetables that's shaped into a turkey. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> perhaps that wasn't appropriate, but it just struck me as funny, and I thought it was. Um, but to be thankful, I mean, that's what, this is what mammon has done. They decided that they're going to glorify this day and make this a special day. So then I noticed that there's not much at all in any postings or any touching from anyone else. And then all of a sudden Thanksgiving's here and everyone's going bonkers about, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you have a good Thanksgiving, you have a good. But they don't talk like that during the rest of the year. What is that about? I'm sorry, but we should be like that all the time. That's what the Bible tells us to be. Be thankful all the time. No matter what the situation is, be thankful that God is with us in that. Might not be for the particular situation or what is actually going on, but God is with us in what's going on. And also... When Jesus, they tried to trap Jesus, when the scribe came in, the, the lawyer thought he was so smart and he was going to try to trap Jesus. What's the greatest commandment? But then Jesus expounded and said, but the second is like unto the first, to love thy neighbor. And who's our neighbor? Anyone that we encounter is our neighbor. Anyone that we encounter, make eye contact with, engage in a conversation, a short conversation, no matter how short it is, that's our neighbor. And even if they're not going to look up and you lock your gaze on them as you're walking down the street and they're not going to look, you'll go by them. That's still your neighbor. It's still your brother and sister. God still created them. And whatever they're going through, a short, quick prayer. Thank you for this encounter, Lord. I, I, it was not a great situation the other day. I still have to get out and check all my fusing and electrical on my bike. That's the only transportation I have. Except that my neighbor is letting me use his until I can figure out mine, which is a great thing. I'm not liking that because that's my transportation to and from work. I, ha I depend on that, but here's the thing. I met this young man who was operating the tow truck. I would not have met him. Probably indicate that I would not have met him if the situation wasn't what it was allowed to be. 
and immediately set about to thank God afterwards and realizing the conversation that we had sharing time about the word that his wife is having dreams that God is giving her dreams about her children and all this stuff that's going on in the world around and promising that he is going to be with them and strengthen them and the children will be okay. And I share that briefly and I'm going to, I'm going to touch on this that if you, if anybody's really paying attention to these things that are going on, you'll find out that they don't even know what's going on, but they change it all the time. The narrative changes constantly. First, it was masks are unhealthy. They're not necessary. Now it's wear masks all the time, except you notice that the individuals that are pandering that and pushing that falsehood out on people don't do it. They don't follow what they're saying. So by example of that, it's just do as I say, not as I do. And previously, small children under a certain age were not affected because their immune system was stronger than most adults and still evolving so it's able to be fighting off things. So then that changed and now small children. Have you ever tried to keep something on a small child, basically two or under, and tried to keep something on them all the time? It's kind of difficult because if they don't like it, they're going to fight it all the time, resist. Their resistance is pretty tough. And then they said that these, (laughs) I'm not even going to call them what they like to use because they're not. And then, of course, you have those that say, follow the science, follow the science, but they're not following the science because the science has already led to the falsehoods. It's led to the truth. But brothers and sisters, here's the important thing. The most important thing, even over all of this, God has promised to be through these things with us. We must be mindful, despite the circumstances, might not be what we like them to be, but be thankful that God is in the midst with us and he is beside us no matter what is going on around us. So in the midst of all this turmoil and all these things that are going on, God is with me. He sees what's going on with us all the time. And he has promised to rescue. He's promised to be with us. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how far it is. God has promised. I thank my Lord God for that. I thank my Lord God for the opportunity to share the word with you. I thank him for the blessings that I receive in doing this thing. And I thank him that he trusts me to go into his shelter and share his treasures with you. I'm thankful that I have got this walk that's bringing me closer to him in our relationship. I'm thankful that the enemy (coughs) has taken upon himself to decide that I am worthy for attention and decides that he wants to mess with me whenever he possibly can and he sends his minions That means that I'm making him nervous because God is using what I'm doing, how I'm doing, whatever it is, but it's troubling him. So I make the enemy nervous. That's very cool. I think that's awesome. When you have 
a situation like that where the enemy, a powerful enemy, is agitated because a seemingly lowly member of Memon is swimming against the current and fighting hard. Thank you, Abba Yahweh, for this the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for the opportunity that I have to pray over my brothers and sisters on my going out and my coming in. And thank you, Father God, just to be thankful for all the things that you do, say, will do, are doing, have done. The list is endless, Father God, Abba Yahweh. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you be blessed today. You have a good day. Today is Thanksgiving. If you're doing something special, I still have to go to work. So um, you have a good day. And the opportunities are out there. Maybe I'll meet some very interesting people today. Be blessed.